0: Welcome everyone to Paradigm Shifters. Paradigm Shifters are people that are making a difference on our planet. Welcome to the show Patrick Toit who is the brilliant inventor of a product called Concentrated K. It's not the only thing you've ever invented that has to do with people's health Patrick. So let's introduce you and find out how you got so smart and what drove you along this path. Welcome Patrick. Let's see where you came from.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, a quick one, just a quick one. I I did my undergraduate as a pre-med at Northern Michigan University, and there I ended up with majors in biology and chemistry and stuff like that. And I never got into medical school. I was first alternate at U of M and Michigan State Medical Schools, two years running. But uh, I finally concluded I need to get a job, so I went and worked in the paper industry. And presently I'm there as a production manager in a paper mill. Um, I have a master's in biochemical engineering, I have a master's in statistics, and I have a master's in business. Uh, basically, uh, I've been coaching, this is my 51st year of coaching athletes, all the way through through to and including Olympic athletes.
0: Wow, are you also and an athlete yourself?
1: Yes, I was, mm-hmm. uh, I was accused of being quite a good ice hockey player back, oh, back in the 60s and early 70s.
0: You're not Canadian, eh?
1: And one of the... Oh, God, no. I'm from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan originally, which oh, okay. is, might as well say it's Canada. <laughs> uh, so uh, I've always been fascinated with why athletes are good and what makes a good athlete and what makes a bad athlete. So I've always been fascinated with biophysiology, biomechanics, and things like that. It's been a sort of a hobby for me. I'll make fast forward to 2002, some good friends that have very prestigious clinic in the upper Midwest convinced me to get a three-day executive physical. And I did. What, what, and what's an executive
0: physical? Test, what is that?
1: It's a three-day physical. You stay uh, on campus in the hospital's own motel room.
2: Oh, wow.
1: And you, yes. And you get poked and prodded and probed and checked out like you would not believe. Hmm. So the, The process takes really functionally two and a half days, but basically it's uh, with the exit interviews, three days. And then they sum up on what they find and what the recommendations are. So as I'm going to lunch on my last day, my attending physician who escorts me all over the place, she said, what test would you like to have run, if any? I said, well, you've done probably everything under the sun, but could you do a fast CT scan of my heart? And she said, why? I said, well, I want to see if I have heart disease. She said, you passed all your tests with flying colors. You don't have heart disease. You passed, passed your stress test. You passed this, passed that. I said, look, you're supposed to humor me, correct? <laughs> she said, yes, we're supposed. To, we're, I, I'm supposed to humor you. I said, so give me the test. So I took the test and then I went to lunch and lo and behold, I got done with my lunch, which was a pot roast, gravy and potatoes, green beans, and a shooper of beer. I'll never forget that. And, and I walked into the exit interview uh, room and there, my two friends were from college who are were, were high muckety mucks at this clinic. And I walked in and I said, looks like somebody just died.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound good. Well, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. So they put the sagittal sections of my heart there from my CT scan. And they said, we do not have your official calcium score, but this is not good. And I said, yep, you're right. My left main was completely calcified from all the heart to the branches. Wow. Well... Yeah, that 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 will cause you to take a deep breath, and I and well, did you not notice and, that
0: from uh, from doing your workout, your physical activity?
1: Not not at all. As it turns out, that's interesting. On my studies, ten percent of the people who have hardening of the arteries, the artery gets bigger; it doesn't get smaller. And I'm one of those ten percent. Hmm. So I found that out the following week when I had a very extensive stress test done on me at that same prestigious clinic. And I got done with the stress test and I passed with flying colors and I said to the attending cardiologist, what could possibly be wrong? (laughs) He explained to me, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, Mm -hmm. which is uh, you're going to die of an arterial blowout. And he explained to me how I was going to die and there wouldn't be much pain involved. I just get a little lightheaded and keel over. And as we investigated my family history, uh, the gene associated with that particular uh, uh, situation was carried on my mother's side of the family. My mother, my mother's mother, and my mother's mother all carried that same gene. And so those... Did they all pass with it? My grandmother's dead. Mm -hmm. They all died the same way. Wow. early late 40s early 50s of a sudden heart attack a sudden coronary wow so he said well you're going to die and hmm. you're going to die within four years and he said there's nothing we can do for you so he suggested and this is, i'll never there's certain quotes that you remember when you go through all this sure he said divorce divorce your wife buy a harley find a bimbo <laughs> right off into the sunset to Dennis Beach and sell surfboard wax. You I mean, might as well enjoy the last four years of your life because you've worked so hard. You've done, done all the right things all the right way, you know. And I said to him, my body got me into this mess. My body's going to get me out of this
0: mess. Right on.
1: And he said to my two friends, uh, he said, Pat seems to be in denial. And my two friends said to him, did you look at his eyes? He's going to beat this. So they put a bet out on me that for 500 bucks I would be alive in four years.
2: Hmm.
1: And they collected each $500 from this attending cardiologist.
0: Now, Patrick, you must have had a history of like pushing the envelope regularly.
1: That's been the story of my life. I've, people, I, 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 One of my good friends was asked, does Pat think outside the box?
0: <laughs> Whenever he and, can. And yeah. my
1: friend, yeah, you know, well, my friend said, well, I can't really say for sure. And they said, why not? Well, I think he was born without a box. <laughs> so if you wouldn't know, he just doesn't know what a box looks like. That's great. <laughs> it's oh, that's always great. been out there. Uh, so in, in my training of athletes and training myself and my academics and all the other peripheral things I did, it's always been... Uh, by accident, I seem to end up with a series of events that I have to address, and then I move on from there. Hmm. So uh, when I drove home from that clinic, that's when the adventure began. And within six weeks, I wrote my good friend Bob out in Tiburon, California. and I said, Bob, heart disease has to be a gut bacteria problem. And why and did you decide later, that? How could
0: you decide that?
1: Well, with my background in biology, biochemistry, microbiology, and my absolute understanding of process control and instrumentation systems, the body is a factory, Mm -hmm. and it's a very, very involved factory, and there's a lot of interconnections and interrelationships, and it's just not one-size-fits-all kind of thing. In other words, the light's on, the light's off. It's in the process control world, it's called a busy system.
2: Hmm.
1: So makes sense. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like Wall Street. It's a busy system. There's a lot going on at any one given time. And the body has all sorts of fallback positions and all sorts of alternative pathways and on and on and on and on and on. And on, and on. So it's complicated, mm-hmm. unbelievably complicated. So I started digging in, and what I first realized, this was in December was that heart disease is a function of vitamin D.
2: Hmm.
1: And I found that from a World Health Organization paper that was published and showed the cases of cardiovascular disease per 100,000 people from the equator to the Arctic Circle. And it goes up like a hockey stick and then collapses at the Arctic Circle. I am going, well, that can only mean one thing. That's got to be vitamin D, has to be. So the more I research vitamin D, it has something to do with it.
0: It's sunshine, availability, yeah.
1: right? It's sunshine, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And then, you know, as I started digging into that, given my background in biochemistry, I can read these peer-reviewed articles. And back then, the Internet was full of just peer-reviewed articles. There was a lot of good, solid science that you could dig through without all the trivia that's out there now. So I could go from the National Institute of Health website, in the united states to the one in great britain the one in russia the one in tokyo uh, japan and on and on so i could surf all over the web and read all really good articles on science as as it relates to heart disease so i would spend between six and ten hours a night reading and reading and reading reading. Uh, also working full-time right Yes, also mm-hmm. working full-time. Now, you so,
0: didn't run away to Venice Beach and, and take up surfing, though, and you didn't drop your wife and have a bimbo, right? Nope. Okay.
1: Didn't do any of that. <laughs> I, I don't cut and run.
2: Okay.
1: I, I was going to beat this butter. <laughs> so I started, and then then I realized that heart disease for females really starts postmenopausal, And I went, my, my, my. My, my, my. And then... Heart disease as men is post andrapausal. Oh my my my. What's changing? See, as a as an engineer, I go, what changed? And why did it change? How did it change? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking at that and thinking about it and going, What could possibly drive this? It's got to be diet. It has to be. So I started digging into anaerobic bacteria, which is what's in your gut, and what they do, and how they respond, and how they communicate with your body. And I found an interesting article way back when about the vagus nerve and how it communicates with your small intestine and large intestine. I'm going, hmm, this looks suspicious. And then Mm -hmm. how hormones talk to your gut bacteria, and I'm going, my, my, my. And the more my, my, mys I got, I quickly realized by the end of January of 2003 that carbs will kill you. Ah. Cheap carbs will kill you, Mm guaranteed guaranteed uh artificial sweeteners will kill you and i'm going okie dokie smoky now we're on to something so as i kept digging and digging and digging and digging then i started reading about uh, how uh, the leaky gut syndrome that people talked about and then i'm reading about that reading about it and and then i went oh my god if you have leaky gut you have an autoimmune response that in theory will attack the thyroid. So I started reading about thyroid Hmm. and I'm going, Oh my God, low thyroid induces heart disease. Cool. So figure that out. And, and as I kept digging through this stuff and adjusting my own body to, as it relates to the chemistry that I have to adjust my body to, the more things I discovered. I'm constantly keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. And within two and a half years, I completely cleaned out my left main. That's all the parting of the artery was gone. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And uh, things were going along in a good direction. And then I got a vaccination. I didn't know at the time what I was doing was really dumb. With regards to getting vaccinations, I was taking high dose vitamin C at the time. Like 16 grams a day of vitamin C, okay, and and vitamin C kills critters, you know, viruses and bacteria and funguses and molds and all that stuff. Okay, and what I didn't realize was vitamin C at very high doses shuts off your immune system. Oh, really? Meaning. Yes, it means that your vitamin C is doing all the work of your immune system. Okay.
0: Oh, so it works for you, and you don't need the immune system, supposedly. Oh
1: yeah. So your my immune system was basically on a chaise Lounge in Key West, Florida, looking <laughs> <be> my I. <laughs>
2: That's
1: about what it amounted to. Is it vitamin C so with, with the the bioflavonoids,
0: or just vitamin C of any kind?
1: Just straight, just straight vitamin C. I was I I was doing the other bioflavonoids in the. Raspberries I was eating and the blueberries I was eating and all that stuff. My diet was high in broccoli, high in kale, high in uh, sauerkraut. Um, uh, Also learned that, oh, this is funny. This prestigious cardiologist at this prestigious clinic said, you know, you need to boost your HDL. I said, okay. How do you do that? He said, you should run. I said, okay, I'll do that. So I researched what he said. I would have to run 300 miles a week to boost my HDL up as much as he said I should do. <laughs> oh. And I said, Doc, I'm ambitious and I'm driven. but I'm also practical. I doubt if my joints could hold up. And <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, you know, that does sound a little excessive. I went, you think? <laughs> so then again, what boosts HDL? So then I started digging in that. And I found ethyl alcohol booze, Boost HDL. Oh, so, really. I, in a dose-dependent ma- manner. Yep, it's a, it's a U-shaped dose-dependent manner thing, but you know, so I go, so I got a hold of him and I said, why didn't you tell me that alcohol, within moderation, is good for your HDL? Oh, we can't do that. What do you mean you can't do that? Well, we would be promoting alcoholism. Dude, I'm not trying to be a drunk. I'm trying to live. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I think I can handle two to four shots a day of a good scotch okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. so this is part of my travels through all of this business oh that's
0: interesting so within about
1: a within about two years i pretty much came up with the cardiac manifesto that's on the website but really heart disease is a multi-headed dragon Is what i came to the conclusion of and it's just not one thing will fix fix it so uh that's how this adventure started. And then, oh, when I got to getting back to that vaccination, the vaccination caused a massive autoimmune response, which basically shut off my pancreas.
0: Wow, really?
1: And, yeah, and reinduced uh, my heart disease. My calcification came back raging. Hmm. I went from basically 50 to 100 score to almost 1,000 in six months. Wow. So, make a long story short. My insulin was up in the high 40s. My blood sugar was off the charts, and here I am eating correctly, training, working out, doing nothing stupid, and I'm now going to be a type 2 diabetic. Hmm. And uh, a good physician friend said, you? Well, here, here's your literature for type 2 diabetes." I said, "Stuff it. I'll figure this out too." So, what I did for a period of three years. I, I figured I had to get the diabetes under control before I tackled anything else. I, so I just shut my pancreas off completely. So I did that by taking vanadium, a chelated form of vanadium.
0: Vanadium.
1: And I let my pancreas regrow over a span of So years.
0: how can you shut off your pancreas entirely? I mean, then what happens? I mean, can you live without it?
1: Well, no, the way it works is this. Your organs regenerate themselves every three to five years. Okay. They're completely regenerated. So my logic was simply this. If my pancreas, which is not designed to tolerate bread,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, if you put it to sleep and let some other chemical do the work for you, the pancreas, in theory, can rehabilitate itself. Wow. Assuming it isn't being attacked. By your own immune system, so I used that logic, and lo and behold, after three years, I got off the chelated vanadium, and guess what? My pancreas came right back up. My insulin levels are fine. My sugar's fine, and everything else is
0: fine. Wow! How did you feel while you were going so through it? Were I, you scared? Were you nervous? or are you just determined?
1: would be very—I was determined, but terrified. Yeah, I betcha, huh? It's like what? What else? What? What other curveball can life throw at you? Like, really? Okay, well, here we go again. So now I beat that. And now it was July 10th, or the 2010 in July. My heart disease has slowed down to a trickle, but it was still there. And my left main was still clear, so I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sitting there going, now what? Mm. So I sequestered myself in my little house, and I reread all the stuff that I had read. I am a speed reader anyway, so I went through it and went through it. Knowing as an engineer, I obviously missed something. What did I miss? Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between myself and a physician. Physicians don't think, because they don't have time to. It's not that they can't, they just don't have time. Mm -hmm. My job as an engineer is to take the time, think slow and think it through. In
2: other
1: words, ready, aim, fire, not ready, fire, aim. Okay. So I spent approximately 120 to 130 man hours over 10 days digging back through all my blood work, all of the articles, double-checking this, double-checking that. And I stumbled across a, I think, I know it was from Mercola, and I think it was 1999 or 2000, Mercola had a blurb on vitamin K1 and its implications on heart disease. And I looked at that, and I read it, and I went, well, I'll be darned. And then, in 2004, when I met Dr. Bill Davis, he mentioned to me about Menoquinone 4 or Menoquinone 7 in Japan. But it was an offhand comment, but I don't forget what people say to me. And I went, my, 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 what do we got here? So I started reading a little bit, and the more I read, the more I realized, oh, my God. So then I went through my blood work. I said, I wonder if I ever got a vitamin K1 test. And it turns out I did. Didn't even remember I did. Hmm. And guess what? It was low. Hmm. It was lower than whale snot. So I'm going, <laughs> okay, this has got to be it. So then I started researching vitamin K. And I had never heard of it, hmm. other, than a few, other than Dr. Bill Davis' comment to me in 2004, which was just an offhand remark. And I went, oh, my God, there it is. Because part of my diet, starting in November of 2002, was high broccoli, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: high kale, high sauerkraut, which means, guess what, high K. And I never realized it. Oh, my Lord, I think I've got this figured out. And then I also figured out the gut bacteria connection, such that if you... If the body is demanding K, the gut bacteria will make it out of the food that she eats, mm. which is pretty cool. So then I was off to the races. So I first picked myself up some vitamin K1. It was a five milligram pill from, I bought it from Phytocost at the time. And then I needed to find MK4 and MK7. Well, didn't find it back in 2010. You just couldn't do it. And what pills were available were in micrograms, like 10 micrograms or something like that. And I read the research, and it said I needed a lot more than that. Hmm. So where do I find my K? So off to the Supply Side West Vitamin Conference in Las Vegas. Uh, I can safely say I felt more like uh, somebody from Cheech and Chong going to Tijuana trying to score some (laughs) <laughs> back in the 60s so I'm going to table to table hey man I'd like to score some K- K7 you got any man
0: <laughs> just, just guys a are going weirdo <laughs>
1: exactly where's this guy coming from honest to god I scored some oh wow so yeah I, I bought it I, I bought a key of uh, MK4 for 5,000 bucks and I got uh, I don't know I got my MK-7, and then I bought my little itty-bitty pill-making machine. But what I had done, to just digress, what I had done basically in July when I realized that K was probably the culprit, I decided to start taking a statin to drive my LDL down. And you go, Pat, why do you want to do that? Well, if the body likes K and you have driven down your LDL, and your body uses LDL and HDL to transport K throughout your body, as it does with vitamin D and E, et cetera, then if I take K and that's the only change that I make, my LDL should come right back up to where it should be, regardless if I'm taking a statin or not. That was my experiment. Now, statins so are for, are myself.
0: statins for uh, blood flow? Are they for uh what are actually are
1: they for? Well, they give statins for to lower your LDL because somebody somewhere somehow someway thinks that statins somehow someway uh, stop heart disease. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't. You know, only in very specific cases. Okay. Remember, all all this stuff is on the average. It's not. There's always going to be exceptions. Well, They're are statins blood
0: thinners? Exceptions. Are they blood thinners?
1: No. Okay. They just drop your LDL. I mean, okay. in theory, raise your HDL. Okay. Okay? That's how they work. Okay. Well, I can talk to you about statins until all hell freezes is over, but that's a whole other story. So I'm on a statin. I go to the vitamin K conference. I score my K, and then I start taking my K mm-hmm. at the levels at which the experts of the world say you should take it. So I did it. Then I got my blood work checked, and my LDL was at 60 nanograms per milliliter or whatever it is. And as soon as I, I was going into the, into this experiment and coming out, it was at 150, just changed. And I, and I kept on taking the statin, and it wouldn't change. It just stayed right there, which told me the body loves this stuff.
2: Oh, wow. So okay. then I
1: got off the statin. I got off the statin. Why? Well, maybe the statin's repressing something. So I got off the statin, and guess what? It stayed at 150. My 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 my. Wow! So then it, then I further read that the body likes LDL between one ten and one seventy five, and it likes your HDL basically over fifty or sixty. And guess what? I dialed it right in.
0: Wow! Wow! And how do you feel differently? So, Did you feel more powerful? Did you feel stronger? Did you feel? Oh
1: yeah! I, I've got far far more energy than uh, I've got the same energy as a teenager. What was really interesting, six months after I did all this, I got another heart scan. Stopped and regressed my progression of my plaque by 10%. Granted, I'm an N of 1, but not bad. I stopped it.
0: So you're not going to die in four years?
1: Uh, No, not hardly.
0: (laughs) I love this. So let's talk about the development of your product, because I think it's very exciting.
1: Okay, well, in 2011, I went to the first vitamin K conference where all all the top vitamin K researchers get together, and that's what was in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I got to hobnob with people a heck of a lot smarter than me, and they coached me on K. And I talked to Sato from Japan, who's the godfather of osteoporosis over there, and Leon Sugars, who's the godfather of heart disease in Europe, in MK7 and then I also talked with uh uh Dr. Suddies from University of Wisconsin-Madison on K1. And they coached me on K and how much to take and why you're supposed to take it. And they all three of them emphasized that you can't take too much of it. Oh really? And that's, that's really cool. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, but you, now, you, you and I know to...
0: that these days all kinds of people are on blood thinners, and the big warning is stay away from K, stay away from K, right?
1: Only those folks on warfarin or Coumadin okay. have a problem. If you're on a blood thinner, not an anticoagulant, now, there's a big difference. Okay. But thin- thinners are like Pradaxa. Pradaxa is a blood thinner. What does Pradaxa do? It makes your blood slippery. Okay. It has nothing to do with clotting. Okay. And you cannot take too much K because you can't overclot yourself. So to tell you a couple of things about K, first of all, when you, have, when you take K, that chemical is first used, unbelievably, to keep you from clotting. Really? There are really? four non-clotting factors that, yes, that K satiates first. So magically, if I could take all the K out of your body right now, you would not bleed out. You would coagulate. Really? And that's some. Yeah, really, that's that's in peer-reviewed literature. That's not somebody at Burning Man. So bong, we're getting just pounding on a bongo drum.
0: But we're just getting part information now, aren't we? We're getting like sound bites instead of what you're explaining to us. That's now.
1: that's correct. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of putting it. So then, all the other clotting factors get satiated. Mm-hmm. And when the clotting factors are satiated, you can't clot any more or clot any less. You are where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Then the K is distributed to other parts of the body that's calling for it, such as your brain is calling for K1. Okay. And let's say, Bra- um, brain is K1. Yeah, for the most part, right. Mm-hmm. The the research from Can- the Canadian government on the impact of K1 and Alzheimer's is amazing. Really. And yes. And I got to talk to that re- head of head of that research group about that, and it's you can't, I you know, once you get Alzheimer's, it's you, you aren't going to make yourself better. But from what she indicated to me was, if there is a possibility that you can prevent any further progression of it, right? Okay, supposedly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that well, that's, that's pretty significant, deco- right there. Right. Well, there's a little, again, like everything else, there's little caveats in all of this. And one of the caveats is your APOE status.
0: APOE? Gene.
1: Yes. Uh, a as in apple, P as in Patrick, O as in Oscar, E as in Edward.
2: Okay. Now, your
1: APOE gene, if you are two four, three four, or 4-4, four, four, you are going to get Alzheimer's. There's absolutely no debate on that subject. The research was established well into the 90s of the APOE gene. Hmm. Now, if you are APOE44 and you take high dose K1, in theory, you should be okay. And you say, why does that matter? Well, as it turns out, the APOE gene, if you are 243444, 4, 4, the gene causes your liver to gobble up. Your LDL and HDL in a day and a half rather than three days. So henceforth, you don't have as much fat-soluble vitamins coating your LDL and HDL. Hmm. That's how all this works. Hmm. Because heart disease is a coating problem. You don't have you you your LDL and HDL, and I'm using that as a generic term, are not coated correctly with your alpha and beta uh, your alpha and beta globulins carry your fat-soluble vitamins attached to your LDL and HDL. Hmm. Uh, you, you see how this is a multi-headed dragon and how all this stuff is sure, kind of yeah. interconnected? Yeah. So what happens is, if you're an APOE 3-3, your LDL and HDL is processed every three days. So you're okay. You're fine, relatively speaking. But so if you're 3-4... Caveat, 3-4, or 2-4, or 4-4 you need to be very cognizant of the literature that's out there to make sure that you're doing all the smart things the smart way.
0: So th- uh, that's really helpful information. So what um, what else does K do in its various iterations there?
1: Well, uh, when K, uh, let's see, K works on your mitochondria. Okay. And that's your little energy center in your in your cells,
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: K makes your mitochondria run a lot better, so you end up with a lot more energy.
2: Hmm.
1: K also, when it coats your LDL and HDL particles, K allows for what's called reverse cholesterol transport, so when you have your little foam cells that are growing in your artery, and you have a properly coated LDL and HDL, it allows the LDL to get in there and kill the foam cell. And then it allows the HDL to slide in there and pull out the junk. So it's a surface chemistry phenomena.
0: Wow. So it's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. One of the things that bothers me is the number of people that are warned not to take much K because they might, and these are warfarin and uh, cumidin, but they might have then strokes and so on. Can you address that a little bit?
1: Right the 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 issue that you have with coumadin it's you, you should always discuss this with your physician and what you want to do and why you want to do it most of the folks that are on coumadin are on it because of atrial fibrillation okay that's that's from what i've been i find so you ask ask a simple question did you have afib from the day you were born no. no, probably not. So now you've got to ask a simple question. What changed? Okay? You see, you see how I approach this as an engineer? Yep. What changed? Mm-hmm. So you ask a physician, a cardiologist, or an internist, and say, look, how's my magnesium levels? The stuff that is out there shows that if your magnesium is low, you have a high propensity for getting AFib.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what the literature says. And now, AFibulation is just
0: the, the heart tremors and so on, is it?
1: Right. That's mm-hmm. correct. It flutters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so then you have to ask yourself, what caused it to flutter today when it wasn't fluttering yesterday?
0: What I always changed? learned that that was uh, uh, allergy.
1: Well, it could be. It could be. It's like anything else. What changed?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you have an autoimmune response that in, that induces the fluttering, what did you eat the day before?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or even the you hour see, so before. So that right? loops
1: back. Right. That loops back to the gut bacteria thing. What did your gut bacteria liberate and what did they agitate?
2: Hmm.
1: Or what didn't they liberate? Wow. So even the National Institute of Health says we're undergunned with regards to magnesium. And they say we all should have at least one gram a day of magnesium as magnesium.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that would be about five grams of magnesium malate, as an example.
2: Hmm.
1: And if you have friends who, you've probably had friends who wake up in the middle of the night with their calves cramping on them. Oh,
0: yes. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a magnesium deficiency. Mm-hmm. Isn't that neat? You yeah. take magnesium, calf cramps go away.
0: Isn't that amazing, eh? Yeah, because I had some mm-hmm. the other night, and I went, oh, I think that's magnesium. And I um, t- t- sprayed some on me, which I have, and it, they went away. They didn't continue either. I thought, from years ago, I thought I learned also that you had to have enough, this is back to what you earlier said, you had to have enough vitamin D and magnesium. Does that make sense? Uh,
1: that's for bone health. Oh, Okay. This is where K makes a big difference in terms of osteoporosis.
0: Oh, okay. And I
1: got this right from from the horse's mouth, Dr. Sato, who's at, uh, I think he's at Tokyo University now. Dr. Sato told me, look, osteoporosis is a function of not enough D. You don't get D as you get older because your body don't make it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You don't have enough K. You don't have enough magnesium. And uh, if you get that right, your osteoporosis goes away, and he is absolutely correct. Wow! Well,
0: that certainly is worth writing down, isn't it?
1: Oh, sure, sure is. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's all the literature is all there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's, it's all out there. So it's ironic. Now, so if you uh, don't
0: take any vitamin, you take minimal vitamin K because of the potential of strokes. You can create a clotting factor in your actual blood. Is that right?
1: If you don't take K,
0: if you don't have much,
1: you could f- induce clotting. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Because if you get really, 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 really low levels of K. Uh, you can induce clotting. That's correct. It's
0: hmm. pretty interesting, they, is you gotta learn a whole we yeah. gotta learn a whole interactive thing, don't we?
1: That's correct. Like I said, it's a multi headed dragon. Wow,
0: it's very exciting. Well tell us about your product because it's K and K what, K two and K seven, K four and K seven uh,
1: it's M K four, M K seven, K one. Mm-hmm. And and in the pill is what's needed for a person per what the experts have told me. Okay. The MK4 is at the level that Dr. Sato said he'd love to see in the pill. The half a milligram of MK7 is what Leon Sugar said should be in the pill. And the K1 is what Dr. Sato said should be in the pill.
2: Hmm.
1: Do that. You can check that off the list. It's it's like vitamin D. How much vitamin D should you take? Well, obviously get your blood checked. But where I live, which is in Upper Michigan, I take ten thousand IU's of D in the summertime and twenty thousand IU's of D in the wintertime.
0: Wow. twenty thousand? Eh? Above.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, you, the high end of normal for from the literature indicates that I think you can take a hundred thousand IU's a day and not have a problem. Wow. But you know, it's like I tell people, who's got the money for that? You know, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. But the rule of thumb on D as it relates to heart disease is you need to have your blood levels above 60 nanograms per milliliter. Okay. That's what it, that's what it, that's the implications. Hmm. And another thing on, on, on heart disease and on osteoporosis is do not take calcium. That's really starting to be contraindicated Hmm. because the D K-magnesium uh, interaction is based on a stable calcium level in your blood. And your body works to maintain a stable calcium level. And the way it appears to be working is if the body needs calcium, it will send a signal to the gut bacteria to liberate the calcium it needs. From the food
0: that you so take.
1: In- from, right, from the food that you eat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and your blood calcium is highly regulated. And if you're, you know, so that's cool. My aunt Phyllis, who's going to be 90 next month, two months from now, she had her hip replaced because of a mechanical issue. And I'm not going to get into how she hurt her hip, but Phyllis did. Phyllis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is okay. It's Phyllis. So no doctor wanted to touch her. And finally, my cousin convinced a a. Orthopedic surgeon in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My cousin starts to also to give Phyllis a shot. So he told me, to make a long story short, the surgery will be four to six hours, and there's not really a high likelihood of success. But we'll give it the best shot. He called me into the waiting room, an hour and a half into the hour and ten minutes into the surgery, and I said, "Well, what happened?" He says, "I'm done." I said, "It's that bad?" He says, "No, I'm done." I said, "What do you mean you're done?" He says, that's the damnedest hip I've ever seen. He had to completely (laughs) remove her socket and put in a complete metal prosthesis. Wow. He cut off the ball, put in the metal ball, snapped it all back together, and he brought in his physician friends to see the bones, and he said, if I didn't know better, this was a 40-year-old woman on this table.
0: Wow.
1: So what happens is women at her age, when you take the ball and you shove it into the femur.
2: Mm-hmm. Usually
1: the femur shatters okay. or cracks quite severely. He, the femur and a fresh, a fresh femur, a young adult's femur, it'll expand and actually grab, grab hold of the piece that's put in there. It literally grabs onto it, but doesn't crack. Chris did that. And then I, he says, I don't know what you're doing to her, but keep it up. <laughs> and I explained to him and the source says, well, wow. He says, I heard K&D do things, but I didn't think it would do this. I says, it does.
2: Wow. And then and how
1: long
0: was she doing the, that, Patrick? How long was she taking K&D?
1: Uh, well, let's see. That was last December, so she'd been walking around with it for seven years.
0: Okay. And before that, did she have osteoporosis?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. But but it's all been arrested.
0: Isn't that great?
1: So, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are on... Uh, like Fosamax and Boniva and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. they now, if you notice, they don't have those ads on TV anymore because mm-hmm. what they're finding is that the Fosamax and Boniva induce more uh, breaking bone, bones, bone mm-hmm. fractures.
0: Yeah, right. they just collapsed and, from them.
1: And what? Right, and one of the problems is when the femur snaps because the femur is dead. Uh, they can't fix the femur. No, I bet eh? It's dead. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to swing back wow. into something that you started talking about at the beginning when you, when you discovered, or at least you became really conscious of the gut had a lot to do with, with things, and then you also mm-hmm. said, uh, and how it linked with our hormonal health, which of course deteriorates, you know, mm-hmm. hormones dissipate by the time they get to Aunt Phyllis's realm, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going, well, That's what, correct. that whole uh, being able to replace or heal, osteoporosis, at least to a degree, is pretty rare when it comes to those missing parts or those missing uh, chemicals Mm -hmm. that are natural in the body, right? And that usually the digestion in the belly and the gut bacteria is kind of more frail at that age, too. So this is quite a remarkable story, and it it tells me there's a lot Mm -hmm. of hope anyway, right?
1: Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And that's where if you keep your vitamin D dosage high, that tells the gut bacteria, your, skill, your skin is still making vitamin D. Mm-hmm. You don't take D. When you're 70, you make 10% of the D that you made when you were 17.
0: Oh, wow. Really?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this all affects so, our uh, aging brain as well on all levels, doesn't
1: it? Absolutely. Okay. You see, when, when you take proper amounts of D... Your serotonin levels are maintained in your brain
2: Hmm. because serotonin
1: is made from D. Hmm.
0: Well, I didn't even realize that. Now I know. (laughs) Well, I want to know more about Mm -hmm. your product because I'm now taking your product, right? And Mm -hmm. I I find um, it's, I'm not sure I'm taking enough D right now, but this is for everybody to pay attention to their own levels but i really like this uh concentrated beginning with k concentrated k spelled mm-hmm. like itself i really like it so mm-hmm. far and uh one of the things that happened is i get those uh older lady um, subcutaneous bruisey looking things and they cleared up probably mm-hmm. within a few days um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, why don't you talk about that sort of thing? And I know that not the whole population is older, but uh, it's good to e- emphasize the the you know the fragility of certain segments of the population, right?
1: Right. Well, what happens with your blood vessels is their elasticity and their repair is a function of K. Okay. So if you don't have sufficient K in your system. What will happen is you will be prone to bruising, micro bruises, uh, itty bitty little blood vessels pop out of nowhere and you go, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. All of that has to do with vessel integrity and K is part of the chemi- chemistry required for vessel integrity. Okay. Now you, can, you can extrapolate that to the brain. If your pipes in your brain are fragile, that stuff's going to happen.
2: So,
0: so like, uh, what the hardening of the um, of the heart that you were speaking about—that mm-hmm. also happens in the brain for people too, doesn't it?
1: It it, it starts in the carotids, mm-hmm. but but what's more important is to have brain is, is, is people who are prone to brain bleeds mm-hmm. and people on cumadin are prone to brain bleeds. They just are. People on cumadin are prone to getting heart disease. Hmm. Before they get on they the Coumadin. No. Once they get on the Coumadin, they get heart disease. That's what the literature indicates.
0: Wow. And the reason
1: why is because the arteries have less integrity because they're not being repaired correctly.
0: Well, what I love about this whole conversation, even if we forget the whole thing, is you're saying you can reroute. What did you use? Uh, alternate? The, the body has always has alternate routes, but you can reroute. The body and... has
1: many, many different pathways, so you can reroute. Success, you know, you, you, your body has a lot of different ways to fix, fix fixing itself. So,
0: I think that's amazing.
1: The more tools you give it, yeah, it is amazing. Body's an amazing thing.
0: Well, I think even using your attitude, which is that of "I'm determined, I'm not going to go down with that, I'm going to learn how it works," right? Your mm-hmm. your determination right. itself is also a healer, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. Keeps you focused. Keeps you focused. Gives you a reason to wake up in the morning. Hmm. But uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The first first couple of years, I was happy I was alive every seven minutes. I really appreciate breathing. <laughs> it's just, just like, good Lord, you know.
0: But I noticed that yeah. you've gone through all these different, uh, like whether magnesium and the D and the this and the that. What's after K? Are you going to keep uh, advancing? It seems to me you got to get the K into hospitals like mad. Is that possible?
1: Uh, a number of physicians are ordering the K and using it on our patients and they're seeing amazing results. Okay. Uh, I have a couple of oral surgeons that use it and it has done amazing things for the healing of a jaw, from what they tell me.
2: Wow! Again,
1: I, I you know this is an anecdotal things, so I've got to be very cautious about what I say. But this is this is what seems to be there seems to be some good stuff afoot. Mm-hmm. That's what all I can say without getting the FDA mad at me. <laughs>
0: I think they're being threatened by a lot of explorers like you and others. <laughs> but Anyway, I really like your concentrated K. And as you said, it also boosts uh, some athletes' energy levels so they can perform better, right?
1: Right. And we don't get uh, – when you're at a higher level as an athlete and you, you end, you're you prone to stress fractures,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a- athletes who take this do not get stress fractures. That's what they tell me. Wow. Just, they just – they're just because everything's prop, being properly healed. Hmm.
0: That's, wow. that's wonderful. So you're saying instead of just damping the pain and all the other things that we hear about or just getting rid of uh, bacteria or something, you're regrowing and rebuilding parts of the function. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick, I'm very excited about this, and I want you to tell people how to get hold of you and how to get hold of your website because it's got absolutely reams of information on it.
1: All right. Uh, the website is the letter K and a dash and the word vitamins, plural, dot com K-Vitamins.com. And it's the clearinghouse for all peer-reviewed literature on vitamin K in the world. And you will see my copyrighted My Story and my copyrighted Cardiac Manifesto and various tabs for various... Uh, situations that are in, impacted by case, such as cancer. There's a tab for cancer. There's a tab for kidney disease. There's a ca- tab for this, that, and the other thing. Clotting. And it's peer-reviewed literature, clotting. Clotting, that's the latest thing uh, that we got in there.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: people, doctors are so confused about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we keep updating it uh, about every six months. We put more good stuff out there and let everybody know. Because there's more but and yes, more peer reviewed
0: well, stuff coming up, is there?
1: That's correct. And we refuse to do any salesmanship or marketing. And we price the product so that you can afford it mm-hmm. at the levels that you need.
2: And we wow. don't
1: make we, you know, I'm, I'm so upset with the world. That's why I priced it that way because there's a lot of people who are on fixed income that want to live and have good quality of life. And this will help. Yes. Yeah.
0: It seems like it can but cover it a lot of. It. Yeah, and it can. That, good yeah. for you, and it can cover a lot of a lot of area in a person who's vulnerable. I really appreciate oh, yeah. your um, speaking with us today. Uh, it's Just very exciting, mm-hmm. very exciting what you're doing.
1: Yeah, Part well, in in the future, let's uh, get together and talk about uh, some of the subtopics, and we can really drill down.
0: You bet. I'm looking forward to that, and we'll do it soon. Thank you so much. And this is Patrick Toit, and it's on Concentrated K, and I thank you so much for being a paradigm shifter, Patrick.
1: Happy to do it. Take care now.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.